0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new episode of the FinTech Hunting Podcast. We have a very special guest for you today. He's a technology evangelist. He's passionate about building strategic relationships within the mortgage industry. Please help me welcome Josh Lair, Director of Technology Alliances at Total Expert. Josh, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Michael. Glad to be here.
0: Well, it is great to be here with you. You always have insights. So what I want to talk about first, for our listeners who might not know you, tell us a little bit about kind of how you got into financial services, the mortgage space, and then we'll jump into and discuss all the things that are happening in the uh, space today.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I got pulled into financial services uh, while I was still in college, actually. I worked for a top 10 Visa card issuer and got hired on as their first, credit, first actual in-house developer. So started developing new technologies, uh, delivered a number of technologies over my career there, which lasted about a decade, um, at which point I actually transitioned into the mortgage industry. Uh, there's a company called Mortec out of Lincoln, Nebraska, which is a smaller pricing engine. Um, but we had, uh, I had a friend that was over at Mortech who said, hey, we're looking for a product manager to come join us. You want to take on the challenge? I said, why not? Um, and from there, you know, it was kind of nice. We got acquired by Zolo Group, which gave us some additional opportunities. Um, and I've been in the industry ever since, doing a lot of, you know, B2B industry coverage, trying to understand the providers out there and how they bring value to customers, and ultimately helping customers tie those pieces together to make sure that they can deliver a good consumer experience. And out- then over the last two years, it's been here at Total Expert. So,
0: yeah, time journey journey. great. great. A wonderful background, and you can see where it ties into technology and adding value to customers. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the industry. Shifting currents are taking place. Refis are are drastically drying up. Doesn't mean there's not going to be refis. There's still going to be a lot of cash out and everything else, but shift to a purchase market. So. As that starts to shift, what are some ways that lenders can leverage data and insights to impact their business and make better and more strategic decisions?
1: Yeah, that's huge. I think, you know, the numbers as of today, I think we're up over four and a half percent, right? So you're talking about highest rates since 2018, Uh, The crazy thing is I think there's still refi opportunities out there, right? It's obviously decreasing as rates go up, but there's still that understanding that we have with our existing customer base that there is opportunity to refi and save them money. Um, You know, when we talk about data, I think one of the things that's super exciting is the breadth of data that's available out there, right? We're starting to understand, you know, hey, you know, what data can we get from our partners? What property data do we have available? The AVM models are getting more and more accurate by the day. And tying a lot of those different pieces together can tell a really compelling story with the, with the end consumer, right? So we talk about, you know, how do we get that EVM data, understanding what their original loan amounts were, and really telling a good, cohesive story to that consumer about the money they can save um, on their loans, um, you know, I think that's what I, is really exciting to me is even though rates are going up, there's still a way to form those stories in a way that consumer, that are going to be compelling to consumers, right? I think we talk about the average equity, I think is 178,000, I think, is what the average equity is of, the, of a consumer today that owns a home. It's not about saving them money to lower their rate. It's about taking that equity out and making sure you're taking it out for the right reasons. For, uh, or the, for the reasons that that consumer is looking, you know, that will advance their uh, personal goals.
0: Exactly. And you talk about a lot of those reasons, and I agree with you completely that refis are not dead. Their, their, their volume is going to decrease compared to the heyday in the last year or two, but there's a lot of strategic reasons why somebody's going to refi. And I think one of the things that the pandemic has taught us is people are willing to know that, hey, in-home now, Maybe I need a home office. Maybe I need a room for my kids to do schooling, whether they're going to go back or whether they're still doing digital or whether it's a hybrid. Hey, you know what? People are around our house a lot more. Maybe we want to add a pool. Maybe we want to add a fence. Maybe we want to do something else. So I agree with you completely that, you know, uh, refis are not going away. Let's talk a little bit more in depth then about refis. Cash-out refis, talk to me about kind of what you're seeing in the marketplace as it relates to cash-out refis and some of the best ways to stay in contact with consumers to get those refis through.
1: Yeah, that's a great example, right? Like, that's exactly what I'm doing right now with my wife is we're looking at, you know, not necessarily refine to save money, but refine for that additional value in our home. So, um, and you know, potentially expanding out the, our property. So understanding, do we need to build that extra room, right? So I think that's the big piece is making sure you're delivering the messaging that's going to resonate with your consumer. So I think about my scenario, right? And I think about really our journeys automation and what we do with total expert. If I can understand from a, you know, a lender standpoint, what the consumer wants and what their goals are, I can drive that very personalized messaging at the right time to get my consumer into that cash out refi, right? I mean, I can advertise cash out refis all day, like, hey, you have $178,000 equity in your property. You know, if you're looking to do something, that's great. But if I can understand from my consumer, even directly, right, by doing surveys with them, collecting that zero-party intent data, I can actually form that messaging up for that consumer to help them achieve the goals they want to, right? So you talk about, hey, Josh, I know that you guys are staying at home more and you talked about potentially expanding your home. I have cash out refi rates and I understand how much you have. Is this something you're looking to do? Or even showing that interest in the consumer, right? So saying, hey, you know, giving that personal feel I think is huge, right? And driving that automation alongside that to keep that messaging going and that personalized messaging I think is bringing together two things that are going to drive a lot of value between the consumer and lender.
0: Well, and I think you made some really important points is part of it is leveraging the data so that you can deliver personalization, right? Like you said, not just saying, hey, we have cash-out refis. Great. Everyone's got cash-out refis. But if I know specifically some information about Josh and his wife and what they're looking to do uh, and where they're at on the journey – that hyper-personalization is what's going to attract and uh, really allow for a much greater engagement. And that's what you're trying to do, right? I mean, every lender out there, majority of lenders can offer a cash-out refi. Why should they come to your mortgage company versus someone else's? And I think it's that engagement along the journey with hyper-personalization that really makes that happen.
1: Well, and like we talked about, you know, at the top of the conversation here, it's just there's so much personalization data available out there. And that's something that we're really focusing on is how can we pull that in to give those insights and pull those insights together? I mean, let's talk, you know, even further about this example, right? If we understand how much equity is in the property, we understand what my current loan amount is, we can take a look and see should this be a 20-year cash-out refi, should we go back to a 30-year option? What's going to be relevant to Josh and his wife, right? And then ultimately, what rates are going to be there, too? I think those are things we can look at because, you know, indicatively, we can understand maybe what their credit range is to give that highly personalized rate, right? And I think that's what really drives the conversion is not that generic messaging, but that, to your point, hyper-personalization. And that's what, you know, I'm super exciting to me.
0: Excellent. Great insights there. Talk to me about where where do you see some of the greatest opportunities to grow relationships with current customers in today's market?
1: I think a lot of it is generally around the education. So not just around this hyper personalization, but you think about where the market's going and how that's reflecting on rates and home values. Right. And that's also a good way to leverage this data is giving it really staying in front of the consumer over time so they can see what's so they understand how that affects their mortgage and their financial situation. So you talk about you know automated monthly newsletters that go out that talk about home values right I've seen a lot of great interfaces out there today that are supporting that messaging right how can you share that information with a consumer so they can understand how it affects them and gives them more comfort in their financial wellness and helps them drive further in their financial journey, regardless of if rates are going up or down. I think education is paramount. And that's something I think we take for granted sometimes in the industry. You know, you and I can sit here and talk about, you know, the secondary market, you know, different margins, what's happening, you know, where's the Fed going with rates. And that's not what the average consumer is, it resonates with the average consumer. But if we can take that and form it into a message that's going to resonate and be personal to them, I think that drives a lot of value for them that, uh, you know, again, is something that we just take for granted.
0: Well, and I think that educational component is critical on two fronts. One, educating the potential borrower out there, but also now as we shift to more of a purchase market, how do we continue to educate realtors? to keep them informed and to have make sure that they have the information they need for their buyers, right? I mean, what's one of the most frustrating things you hear when you talk to a lot of borrowers is, oh, this is my 12th bid that we just lost. This is my 15th bid on a house. This is my 20th bid on a house that we just lost. My wife and I are devastated. And if you can educate them on how to put forth a better offer, uh, what are some of the things that really need to have on the front end? That type of education is going to have a profound impact on their ability to get into that home of their dreams.
1: Yeah. And that collaboration between those three parties, it's always something that we talk about, right? Especially with the realtor on the purchase side. Um, I think we can still improve on how realtors and loan officers are communicating. Right, there's a lot of that personal communication back and forth. But how do we bring that team, kind of that trifecta between the borrower, loan officer, and realtor closer together to drive those deal, to drive that deal forward, or at least drive, you know, a better outcome for the uh, for the borrower?
0: Talk to me about what's technology's role in all of this. You know, I mean, the mortgage industry historically has been very transaction focused. Go from the Smith file, the Jones file, to the Hammond file, and they're just going like that. And they don't spend a lot of time focusing on building the relationship. As soon as I bring up relationship, people think it's always just me and you talking, the two of us having a conversation. But I think technology plays a critical role. Can you expand upon, you know, where do you see technology's role in driving greater adoption and building those relationships.
1: Yeah. And I think the big thing there is not technology, you know, we always talk, some people talk about technology replacing that personal relationship. And I think that's not gonna happen. We've Great. seen the studies over the years, right? And I think we even did a study this last year and I think it was 70% of consumers still want that personal advisor, right? So they're always gonna have that personal relationship. I think from a technology standpoint, when I think about the ultimate technology experience for the loan officer and consumer, it's how do you provide more of a digital loan officer assistant, right? How do you automate those loan statuses? So me as the loan officer, I don't have to worry about manually reaching out to a consumer when they are cleared underwriting, right? And how do I make that look personalized through, you know, a Journeys product or potentially other pre-recorded videos? I think that is huge, especially in this digital world today. I think facilitating that automation is huge, right? So it's not replacing the personal connection. It's really enriching it along the way, regardless of if that's the first contact and I'm sending an intro video to the consumer or it's those automatic email updates or text updates, right, to let them know, hey, I'm still here. We're making progress on this thing, and we're going to get through it, right? We're going to get you into that new home.
0: Well, I love how you say it it enriches the experience because I agree with you. A lot of the technology, it's not meant to replace people. It's meant to enhance the relationship. And as you talked about that digital assistant, How can we automate some of the manual redundant tasks? How can we create greater consistency and personalization in the journey so that when you and I do get on the phone, it is a much more meaningful conversation. It moves the needle forward with that relationship. And there's a much greater bond that they're going to stick with you. They're going to continue to get loan number one and loan number five with you, or they're going to continue to refer you to their family and friends.
1: Yep. Well, and it's funny, you talk about that automation, right, and that supporting of the journey. Well, and think about, you know, one of the things I really like about our platform uh, that we don't really talk about a lot is the insights piece of that. So really leveraging data from different pieces, right? So imagine you have that realtor connection, you have insight on that consumer, that's shopping that maybe you haven't talked to in a couple months because it is a purchase deal. Think about getting those updates directly from the system so you can reach out to that consumer. And this is the really cool thing about the platform is we're not only reaching out to the consumer manually or saying, you know, send a task to, you know, hey, loan officer, reach out to this consumer, but really sending that automated message on the back end to support them to say, hey, just want to make sure you're still in a good spot, you're pre-approved, you're shopping. If you need anything else, reach out when you have time, right? Like, I think that's the power of some of these systems is using that automation piece, that, loan like I said, automated loan, loan officer system that has that intelligence.
0: Absolutely. So you handle a lot of alliances and partnerships and everything. Talk to me, what what should lenders be looking for in a tech provider? How do they vet that tech provider? Walk me through a little bit of that.
1: Yeah. Um, in terms of, like, the technology providers, I think one of the big things, and, you know, as you look at especially at some of at some of the lenders we talked to today, There's so much technology out there, and you have different branches that want to leverage different pieces because they've seen success with it. And I think one of the biggest, I guess one of the best ways we've seen to vet these technology vendors is really put in the hands of our top producers, right? If you can put those things in the hands of our top producers or let them review those, they start to see, okay, is this actually going to help me, or is this going to be something else that I'm entering data into? Right, a lot of the platforms that show value today are the ones that you're not entering data into. Right, it's not affecting your day, but you're seeing value as an output. So I think that's one of the biggest things: is how can we put those in front of top producers to make sure that it's actually affecting us, you know, or driving driving the uh, uh, driving progress in the right direction versus just another tool that might take up some of our time. I think one of the other things, and I. I'd like to point this out, too, is really around the data sources, right? We talk so much about data and what's available out there, whether it is intent data, maybe it's property data, maybe it's, um, you know, that first-party data we're collecting. That data is so expensive, and I think one of the things we have to vet when we look at that data is how do we actually put that data in action as well? Because I think we can buy a lot of really cool data, and i like to look at this data, too, right? That's one of the things we have a key focus on. But unless you're actually going to put that into action and actually drive an ROI on that, I think you have to evaluate it in that way. And, again, you can do that through your top producers.
0: That's such a good point because I, you're right. There is so much data out there in the mortgage industry, but is it useful? Are you putting it into action? How are you applying it to drive more business? How are you doing using it to leverage and enhance the relationships you have with the borrower? Where do you see the rest of the year going, right? You know, we're already in the second quarter. 2022 is, is kind of moving along at a pretty uh, fast clip. What do you see for the rest of the year?
1: It's very interesting. You yeah, know, I think we've seen it already. Um, there's so much interest in people taking advantage of their existing databases, whether those are leads they've acquired in the past or loans they've originated in the past. You know, in a lot of scenarios, it's going and building that new relationship. How do I build that next relationship? What leads can I buy? It's so competitive in that space right now that it's really how can I look at my existing database, uh, you know, throughout the course of this year to, origin, you know, drive intelligence and build more business out of that to bring my cost per funded loan down. You know, it's interesting. I, you know, we could say rates are going to go up, rates are going to go down. It's so interesting to watch, especially with where we're at. Um my personal opinion, because everybody has their own personal opinion on this, right, is that I do think this is going to last us for a little bit, right. But I think we've got a peak at some point, and I think these we're going to see rates come back down. I, I just feel like there's so many levers that have to be pulled in the right direction for a rates, higher rates to be sustainable, right. And if we look historically, we've seen these bumps in the past, right. We ran yep. into this back in '18, right. We ran into this back in I think was it '12 before that, and eight oh eight before that. We've seen these jumps, but ultimately we're still on that downward trend. So I think a lot of what we're going to see is how can people how can people take advantage of those existing databases and drive some of the you know pair with this intelligent data so that they can actually stay in a spot where they can I won't say stay afloat right, but they can actually stay successful through these ups and downs until we get back down to that uh, you know that lowering rate environment.
0: What's next on the horizon for Total Expert?
1: One of the things I'm super excited about, and it might be because I'm hiring someone to do this specifically, but it's really taking a lot of this data, right? Like I said, there's so many different data sources, and we're cataloging a lot of this right now and trying to understand what's successful, right? We want to add fuel to our engine. So how can we pair our automation engine, that hyper-personalized engine, with a lot of these intelligent insights and make it turnkey for lenders. So you think about, you know, are there AVM data, is there AVM data you want to pull in? Is there cool intent data, right? Are we collecting surveys uh, from Facebook potentially, right? How can we pull all this data together in an easy way for lenders to enable it and really enrich their ecosystem uh, rather than having to acquire all of these different data sources on their own?
0: Great insights, Josh. You and I can continue to talk for hours on technology. For anyone who wants to find out more about you or Total Expert, what's the best way that they can get a hold of you?
1: Yes, uh, so definitely feel free to reach out to me directly on LinkedIn um, or directly through email. It's Josh Lear, um, and definitely check out our TotalExpert.com website. Uh, lots of good information on a variety of products that we have available to help you not only, um, gen- you know, not only on you know uh, this customer intelligence piece that we're talking about, but really also driving more
0: purchases. Excellent. Josh, thank you for being a guest on this episode of the FinTech Hunting Podcast. Thanks,
1: Michael.